You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for everyone here, especially thank you for the first-time visitors. Pray that you would speak to them special today. Father, thank you for those people earlier today that gave their hearts to you. Wow. We're just we're so thankful. If anyone came in here today sick in their body or depressed, oppressed, feeling lonely or empty in their heart, Lord, going through a financial storm, Father, we pray that you, they would find a place of peace today in you, a place where they can just put their total trust in you and that the circumstances swirling around them wouldn't overtake them. Father, if anyone came in here not knowing Jesus Christ, we pray more than anything they would leave with him as their Lord and Savior. Father, speak through me. Help me to get out of the way to speak to your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Talking about a place of peace. <laughs> How many of you, your peace got tried this week a little bit? On Thursday, I was playing basketball. I, I always do. You know, I play two or three times a week. and I'm going up for a regular old layup, you know. I didn't feel like dunking it this time. And um, <laughs> we're playing with this guy. How many of you are in sports, and you know if you play with someone that doesn't know how to play the game, it can get dangerous? You could be hurt. And I had told this guy a couple weeks ago, actually, I think I grabbed him by the collar. I don't know. I don't remember exactly how it was. But I said, you're going to hurt somebody if you keep playing the way you, you are. And guess who got hurt? Me. I, I had a little fracture, a little bruised ribs. You know, I'm going up for layup, and next thing I know, this guy's shoulder is there when I come down. Now, of course, I didn't fall. He did. My next thought was to step on him. I mean, I'm telling you, I was so upset. They had to restrain me. I had to leave. I said, there's two places I could go to today. I could go to the hospital or I could go to prison. (laughs) Well, I've been to both, and the food in prison is not good. So I went to the hospital. And on the way to the hospital, of course, I called Jamie Riccatelli, our resident nurse here at the church, and asked her what to do. And, uh... You know, that whole day, I I wasn't at peace. I wasn't at peace. I had these daydreams of how I was going to kill this person. And then I'm I'm listening on the radio, you know. All my leaders are looking at me. You just, what's the matter with you? (laughs) You just ruined your testimony. But I got to be honest. I, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm listening to 991 and this preacher's preaching about, you know, talking about Jesus when he said, if you even hate somebody in your heart, you've murdered them. I'm like, I'm a serial killer right now. Because I have killed this guy so many times. And by the time midnight came, my wife knew. I was just, I just was not at peace about this. I'm like contorted. Like I'm just, and finally, I remember what I was preaching about this week. The place of peace. So I finally said, okay, God, I give it to you. I mean, maybe this guy is, maybe there's something going on in his life. Or maybe he's just an idiot. But maybe, (laughs) like, You never know what's going on in somebody's life, you know. Maybe I'm supposed to minister to him after I hit him. Maybe. But really, (laughs) you're not in the wrong church. (laughs) Just being honest, you know. And then finally I gave in and I just had this peace. I had a peace that came over me. How many of you this week was your peace challenged? I I was ministering to a young gentleman in from our church in, in the office during the week. 
He was just going through so many storms. He was like, I don't even know if I can go on. He was just like, he's living in a hurricane, you know. And he was like, I, I, you know what, I just want to shoot myself. <laughs> I know the feeling. And, and we talked a little bit, and we cried a little bit. And then I thought, you know what, even in, midst, in the midst of all this, he can find a place of peace. There is a place of peace in the midst of all this. In John 14, 27, Jesus said, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You know, you remember a time when peace was, times you were pursuing peace when you didn't have God's peace and you went after the world's offer of peace. Maybe it was drugs. Maybe it was alcohol. Maybe it was at the disco, you know, where that, I thought that's where the happy people go. Maybe... Maybe, you know, you thought you were going to find it in, in, in the arms of a, of a man or a woman or two men and two women or whatever it was, you know, and you realized that doesn't bring peace either. See, Jesus said, I give a peace, but not like the world gives. See, we need his peace. And in the Bible, his peace is described in the Old and New Testament really in the same way. In the Hebrew, the word is shalom. Everybody say shalom. You know that as a, 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 a greeting. It's a Jewish greeting, right? Or saying goodbye, but they always add something to it, shalom alechem, which means peace unto you. But it's more than just peace. It's more than just an absence of war. And in the New Testament, it's the word irene, which means tranquility, but it comes from the root word, which means to join together, to bring together. Same thing in the Old Testament. Shalom means to bring together, to join, nothing missing, nothing broken. See, peace is to be whole. When the woman... With the issue of blood touched Jesus, he said, you're healed. Now go in peace. Go and be whole in who you are. And Pastor Courtney, during the communion this morning, was talking about how we have peace with God. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is and what he did. Because I'm going to tell you something right now. When you don't have peace, you're in pieces. When you don't have peace brought together, you're in pieces. And, you know, many of us, you know, we don't have peace. We're, we're, we're living in pieces. You know why? Because this life is not easy. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. He said, but in me you can have peace. You can be whole in me, even though there's tribulation, even though there's pressure, even though there's storms. I want the peace that he has. Let's look at Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and little boats followed them, and it says a great windstorm arose. So Jesus tells the disciples, let's get in the boat away from this crowd. We've got more ministering to do. We have a place to go, and a storm arises. How many of you know sometimes storms come out of nowhere? How many of you know that, you know, they'll tell you it's going to be a beautiful day today, and all of a sudden it's pouring rain. Well, there's only going to be a little snow, and then there's a blizzard. Me, I love storms. Anybody? I love when it rains. I love when it's crazy outside. You know why? Because basically my whole life's been a storm almost, and I'm more comfortable. How many of you are more comfortable with peaceful, beautiful weather? You like it just nice and calm. I don't understand you. 
But it says that a great windstorm arose. And how many of you had a storm recently? It just came out of nowhere. Just like, you know, in Israel, in the Sea of Galilee, we've been there, and there's mountains on one side, there's hills and valleys on the other side of the sea. And what happens is the wind comes over the mountain, and then it, it, it moves, and it'll bring a storm in no time. And they just come out of nowhere. You know, like everything's fine, you go get a physical, and they tell you there's a tumor. Or your job, you're like, everything's so great at this job, and you find out the company's being bought, and you're not part of it. Or you think your marriage is phenomenal, and one day your spouse says, I'm not in love with you anymore. You think your kid's going to school every day, and he's playing hooky. <laughs> Whatever it is, storms come out of nowhere. And it says that the waves beat against the boat. This guy I was talking to during the week, we were talking about, it's like you're just getting beat, and you're getting beat, and you're getting beat, and you're getting beat. Did you ever have something just beating on you to the point where you just can't take it anymore? Maybe it's something in your family. Maybe it's like your finances. They'll just never seem to be right, and it beats, and it beats on you so that it starts to fill up your boat. See, when it starts to fill up your boat, that's when you get nervous. That's when you call Pastor John or Pastor Kevin or Pastor Courtney or Pastor Joe, Pastor Alicia, whoever, because your boat's starting to fill up, and you're like, I don't know how much more water we can take here before we sink. See, storms will just come out of nowhere. And it came to a boat that Jesus was in. John 14, 27, let's go back there and look. But Jesus said, peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. In some translations it says bequeath to you, which means this peace is your inheritance. And it's not the kind of peace like the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or afraid. This is the kind of peace that doesn't make sense. This is the kind of peace that doesn't respond to a storm or a whirlwind. This is the kind of peace that doesn't depend on the five senses. This is the kind of peace that logic can't explain. This is the kind of peace that transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense. This is the kind of peace that sleeps in the midst of a storm. That's right. It sleeps in the midst of the storm. Look at the, the end of Mark chapter 4, verse 38. I love this. But Jesus is in the stern, the back of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they were like, Jesus, don't you know we're going to die? Get up. I don't know about you, but I'm not waking Jesus up. This morning at 6.30, my alarm went off. I got up, went and got my coffee, let the dogs outside, all these things I got to do. She's upstairs, you know. I come up at 6.45. I think that's the time when everybody should get up. So I turn the lights on. How many of you get up before your spouse? How many of you are real, you know how to tiptoe around and be really quiet not to wake them up? How many of you passive-aggressive, you wake them up anyway? Oh, yeah, be honest. Anyway, I was being pretty good today. I come in there, turn the light on. She's like, turn that light off. Wait till my alarm goes off. I'm like, your alarm's going off in three and a half minutes. So I got out of the room and I went back downstairs. 
Because some people don't like to be woken up. Come on. How many of you are dangerous when you get woken up? One time I was taking a nap, which is very rare for me. You ever take a nap? How many of you can take a nap? I can't. I need like NyQuil or something. Now they have something called ZZZ Quill. All right? I'm like, get me some of that. No, I can't do that. Perfect peace. Mine has stayed on me. I remember once taking a nap, and my kids, they like to play games. So something's going on. They came in to wake me up. One of my kids touched my hand. They had been walking on the carpet, so they had static electricity. So I'm sleeping, right? And all of a sudden, this is actually what happened in my mind. I felt a circuit of electricity go through my body. And when I got up, I attacked my children. Remember that? Like, because they zapped me. I don't like being waken up. I'm not waking up, Jesus. I'm in that boat. I'm like, you wake Jesus up. That's the son of God right there. You get him up. But I guess it got to the point where somebody said, listen, <laughs> we got to wake him up or it's going to be over. But I promise you, Jesus isn't worried. And he wasn't worried. He is at peace. See, they're in the boat. They're tripping out. They're fishing. They've been out on this water before. That's their... That's what they do, you know? But they were like freaking out. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I could be a little emotional. <laughs> Anybody else here? You're like me. You're, you could be a little emotional, all right? You got a little Jewish, Italian, Latino. That scares me. Imagine being Jewish, Italian, and Latino. Forget it. Stay away from me. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> how many of you could be a little emotional, you know, like you freak out sometimes. I mean, very rare for me. Right, kids? My kids are here like it's like fact check time. You know, my kids are here. I can't lie. I got to tell the truth. <laughs> but, you know, I freak out. I freak I do. I, I, I get freaked out sometimes. I freak, like peace is not an easy thing for me to take to grasp, okay? Um, but some of you, you know, like my wife, it's like my wife and my son, man, they just make me so annoyed. I'm just annoyed with them. Because when something happens, like, a, like I want to freak out, it's like, what's the matter for you? Is it, don't you know what's going on? And they just look at me and just shake their head. There he goes again. <laughs> and I feel like that's what it was like with Jesus, you know? They're like, oh, you have little faith, Pastor Joe. But it's true. I'm being honest with you. You know, sometimes I freak out, and if somebody else isn't freaking out, I get freaked out. Like, why aren't you freaking out? What's your problem? Don't you know what's going on around here? No, but they've gone to a place of peace, and it's, praise God, I'm married to Pastor Alicia, all right, who could be on a boat in a hurricane singing, okay, saying, isn't everything great? <laughs> you know, like, we're dying. It's okay. We're going to heaven. No, listen, I always preach, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain, you know, but I, I don't, I don't want to die. I really don't. I want some grandkids. Everybody has grandkids, seems so happy. I want some. Jeez, get married first. <laughs> but, you know, I, but, you know, my wife, people that just look and think that eternally, they think with that eternal perspective, you know, that, you know, Jesus is with us and not to worry about, you know, they have peace. And uh, I'm glad that I'm married to someone that has kept peace 
over the years. Amen? I bet you these flowers cost you some peace, didn't they? 15 years of, of, of marriage. I know it wasn't all easy. I know it wasn't all roses. Listen, just because God's in the boat doesn't mean there won't be a storm. Amen? But the fact is you'll get to the other side as long as you're around him. When Jesus is in your boat, it will not capsize. I'm telling you, you cannot allow storms, stress to take hold of you. Because if you do, you'll be in pieces. You'll be in pieces. Before I got saved, when I was nine years old, I went through a real trauma, real trauma in my family. And thank you guys that put Amazon reviews about my book. Thank you, first of all, that they were good. I got your money later, all right? Um, but uh, if you read my book, you know that I ha my childhood was very traumatized. By the time I was nine years old, I was so stressed out that literally my body started attacking itself. My immune system started attacking. I started losing my pigment cells in my, in my skin. I was so stressed out. It's a disease called vitiligo. It literally took my pigment away. And it's the same thing that happened to Michael Jackson. Did you know that? Because it happens to extremely talented people. Okay. Um, but people don't realize, you know, for it to happen to a person of color, now I have dark skin, but not that dark. I mean, there are people in our midst that have it that you don't even know because their skin is light. But for him, it was a, he went through a trauma in his family. Same thing. And, and, you know, I said, I said, everybody doesn't really know what's going on here. His autoimmune system is going after himself. The stress that he is going through has caused a reaction in his body, and it happened to me as well. What he did, see, you think that he put on makeup or something, some people, you don't understand. He took a drug, they offered it to me as well, where you could take this drug and all your pigment would be taken away from your body. All your pigment, and then you would be white as a ghost. Not only that, if you went out to the sun, you could die. You could die. I, I went out to the sun once not understanding what I was going through, and I ended up in the emergency room with third-degree burns just from going to the beach once. Imagine if you have no pigment in your body. That's why he had an umbrella. That's why he had a hat. That's where the glove thing started because it starts on your hand. You see? But you see stress and, and, and not having peace in your life can destroy you. It could destroy you, it could destroy your future, destroy your marriage, could destroy your kids. But there's a place of peace that those of us that put our faith in Jesus, we can go to. Amen? We know that all things work for the good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he glorified. What shall we say then to these things? This is from Romans. What shall we say to the fact that we're called by God? What shall we say for the fact that God has a plan for our life? What shall we say that God is with us and he's with us in the boat? Here's what we should say. If God is for us, what can be against us? Nothing. Now listen, when I say if God can be for, is for us, what can be against us? I want to answer from you. If God is for us, what can be against us? Nothing. There you go. Nothing. There is no storm that can beat you. 
with God on your side. He's in the boat with you. That's why in Matthew 8.26, he said, talking about this same passage, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Faith in what, Jesus? See, everybody looks at this and, and thinks the moral of this story or the point Jesus is trying to make is when he calms the storm. I'm going to tell you, Jesus was going to sleep through the storm until they interrupted him. Sleep through the storm. Now, there's a message. Sleep through the storm. Become through the storm. Go to the secret place that Jesus went. I want that kind of peace. I want the kind of peace that could sleep in a loud house. Actually, I do sleep better in a loud house. I don't know why. When there's a bunch of noise, I start snoring. <laughs> but everything's quiet. I get nervous. It's just my way. But the point is, is Jesus was sleeping through the storm. He had no intention of getting up because Jesus knew they were going to get through the storm. I'm here to tell you something right now. You might as well sleep because you're getting through it. You might as well sleep. You might as well put your head down and relax. I was with this gentleman in my office talking about this, and it came to a point where he was just like, I just need to take a breath. I haven't taken a breath. And that's really what started everything. I just took a breath. I just took a breath. There's a place of peace that you can go to. There is a place. See, we need to have faith in two things. Number one is his presence with us, and number two, what he says. Let's look at, back at Mark 4.35. It says that when he went into the boat, he said, let us, everybody say us. Yeah. Who's us? It's you and him. Let us, what? Cross over. We're going to the other side. That's the word, and I'm going with you. So why are you freaking out when a storm comes? I'm with you. I said we're going to the other side. We're going to the other side. See, we forget that he's with us all the time. Did you know wherever you go, he's there? You can't shake him? He's like a, a bad girlfriend. You know, you break up for her and she's still there. You go to work, there she is. Or should I say a bad boyfriend? Hey, look, you searched after me. You, you ran after me, girl. Couldn't shake her. She followed me up the stairs. I got in the train. I tried to sit in the corner. She sat right next to me. Stop. How many of you did your wife or husband just chase you down and overtake you? Come on, be honest now. Always look. Look hands like this. I don't want them to know, everybody. There you go. Raise that hand. How many of you, your spouse, like, was knocking at your door for years and you finally opened it up. Raise that hand right now. <laughs> Don't you raise your hand in the back there. I know how you two met. <laughs> Fleet week, okay? I don't want to hear nothing. <laughs> yeah, you laugh, it's true. All right, he said, <laughs> let us cross over to the other side. Listen, as you go into God's promises, he is with you. And he said all the promises of God are yes and what? Amen. And he hasn't changed his mind. You know, before Joshua went into the promised land, God told Moses to let Joshua know this in Deuteronomy 31. Be strong and courageous. Don't fear or be afraid. For the Lord your God, he goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Say never. never. Now, 
Never is a dangerous word for people, okay? I'll never say anything bad about you. <laughs> Pastor Joe, I love this church. I know it's my first week, but I met Pastor John. He was so sweet. And Pastor Courtney's smile is so bright. And Pastor Kevin plays the guitar so nice. And you can preach okay. Uh, so I, I'm never leaving this church. As soon as I hear that, I'm like, bing! Please don't say never. Please don't say never, because when people say never, like, honey, I'll never say that again. And what do I find? Three days later, I'm saying it. Still not. Honey, I'll never do that again. Honey, I'll never say your name in church with a negative connotation again. I've said this a thousand times, and guess what? A few hundred times I messed up. All right, let's give me some grace here. Point is, when God says never, it's never. If he says never, it's never. If he says always, it's always. If he says all, it's all. If he says anything or anyone, it's anything or everyone. When God says it, it's true. So he said he will what? He will never leave you nor abandon you. All right, let me ask you a question. Will God ever leave you? No. Will he ever abandon you? No. So why are you afraid? Why don't you have peace? He'll never leave you. He'll never abandon you. Now I'm saying that to you. But guess who I'm preaching to? Me! He is with you in the storm. Just because he's in the boat doesn't mean the storm isn't coming. But the fact that he is in the boat means you're getting to the other side of that storm. Zephaniah 3.17 says, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. There's no storm he can't save you from. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you. He will put you in peace with his love. If for a second, when they were in the boat, they should have said, you know what? Jesus loves us. He's not going to let us die. I think I'll pull up next to him and go to sleep myself. Because Jesus wasn't snoring. Jesus doesn't snore. Don't you think that Jesus snores? I guarantee you he doesn't snore. And I guarantee you I don't snore, no matter what people say. Do, like, do people tell you you snore? And you know you don't. Right? Oh, no, I don't snore. I don't believe that video. You know what the problem is? It's people that don't snore. Hmm. You know, my wife, occasionally, once every 10 years, don't get mad at me, a little snore comes up. <laughs> now listen, when I snore, I got, I got, you know, things in my ear, I got my nose is pinched. One time I woke up, there was a pillow on my head. I'm like, why is there a pillow on my head? <laughs> so, you know, she does all these things when I snore to stop me. I get this little whimper will of a snore. I'm like, yeah, now I get something. By the time I go to do something, it just goes, it's gone. And then I feel guilty about putting a pillow on her head, you know? <laughs> but, you know, pull up right next to Jesus. Get yourself a pillow and chill. If he's not worried, why should you worry? He will quiet you, it says. And what do you mean he'll quiet me? Because through this storm, through this trial, he's doing something in you. 
See, Jesus knew a storm was coming. He wanted to do something in their lives. He wanted to show them, hey, sleep it. Relax. There's going to be storms. You've got to learn to sleep through them. Amen? You've got to learn to be calm in the storm. Because there is a place in the storm where there is a calm. You know where it is? In the eye of the storm. You ever see those hurricanes on TV? Guess what's going on in the eye of that storm? Sun shining. There's no rain. There's no wind. See, you could be in the middle of it and be in total peace like the eye of the storm. Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Help me, Kenneth. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Now can I be on the worship team? Jeez. <laughs> Trying out every week, you think one week they might just say, Pastor Joe, here's the mic. All right, it's not going to happen. All right. <laughs> he who dwells in the secret place. I remember that song. We used to sing it at revival meetings. And the dwells means to stake a claim. It literally means that. It means to stake a claim. Remember the movie with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman far away? Remember when they were still married and they liked each other? Remember that movie? At the end of the movie, they all go out to stake a claim and land. It happened in the United States, remember? If you were fast and had a big gun, you got a big piece of property. It should be that way now. Well, maybe not. Not so fast anymore. But they, would, they ran out and staked a claim to certain land. You need to stake a claim in the secret place of God. You need to put your stakes down and say, I'm going to be right here in the eye of this storm, but there's going to be peace where I am. And this is, this is what's going to come out of my mouth. Not that there's a storm going on, but that he is my refuge and he is my fortress. That's what I'm going to say. Because what you say is what you are. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge. What do you need in a storm? You need a refuge. You need a place where you can hide. Anybody ever been in a storm and there was like a cave nearby and you went in the cave? Probably not. We're like in New Jersey. But anyway, <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. You find refuge from the storm and you trust in God. Amen. Stake a claim in the secret place. You know, there's people who are unbelievers who are looking at you and watching you and seeing what you do in a storm. And if you tell them, look, I, I have a secret place where I go and the presence of God is there. You know, it's like on Sunday when you come to church, right? This, is be a, this should be a secret place for you. This should be a place where you stake a claim. Now, I'm not talking about on your seats, okay, because some of you do that. And then you come to church and somebody's sitting in your seat. You're like, I staked a claim on that seat. What are you doing in my seat? And you get a gun out and shoot you. I'm talking about something that's in your spirit and in your heart where you stake a claim in God. Amen. You trust that he's with you and you trust that if he says you're getting to the other side, you're getting to the other side. Psalm 118, 165 says, Great peace have they who love your law. Nothing, everybody say nothing, can make them stumble. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. My son. Do not forget my word, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. How many of you want to live long in peace? I'm not talking about Vulcan here, okay? Live long and prosper. I'm talking about live long in God. 
Do you know people that are at peace have less wrinkles on their face, ladies? Amen? If you're always like, that's why I need to, wor- I need to work on this, okay? I need to learn to be in peace. See, for the e- it's easy for me to freak out. It's easy for me. I don't know about you. But to just say, you know what? I'm in the secret place of the Most High. You know what helps me? Music helps me. You know what helps me? Prayer helps me. You know what helps me? The Word helps me. You know what helps me? Being with you guys helps me. Colossians 3.15 says, Let this peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I love this. Singing with grace. Singing with grace. Do you sing with grace? Do you sing about God's goodness to yourself? Get in that secret place. You worship. You know, I love that song uh, by Young and Free. It's um, sinking deep, you know. And I I just put myself in mercy's seat. (laughs) And I just let God's love wash over me. That's what brings me peace. That let the peace of God, it's something that you allow to happen. Let it. In other words, he's given you peace. Let yourself have it. And when it says rule, that's the word for umpire. Okay? Let the peace of God be the umpire in your heart. And what does that mean? It means when you're going through trials, you're going through storms, let peace decide. Are you out or are you safe? With Jesus, we're safe. With Jesus, we're safe. There'll be no outs here. Let it be the umpire. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Because an inner calm will lead from an out to an outward calm. So peace and peace you will reap. Let me tell you something about a hurricane. I used to trade natural gas. I watched weather every single day. I used to get weather reports three or four times a day. I understood lows and highs and storms. And when hurricanes come, it was very important for us. On top of that, know what's going to affect the price of gas, of natural gas, because it, it would go into the Gulf and there was rigs out there. So, you know, people that trade, they were actually ha- people, they would send people to the storm to find out what the millibars in the center of the hurricane are. Why? Because in the center of the hurricane, in the, in the eye, they measured the pressure. They measure the air pressure in the center of a hurricane. When the pressure goes down, what happens? The storm gets stronger. And listen, some people are in the midst of a storm and they're losing pressure. They're losing their breath. The weight of the trials and tribulation are bringing your pressure down. And the more it brings down, the more stuff seems to swirl around you. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Sometimes you can get into a spiral. Like bad things come in bunches, but I'm going to tell you some good things come in bunches too. Find yourself in a spiral. The pressure is dropping. The storm gets stronger. But if you let the Word of God dwell in you, when you're in the eye of the storm, if you worship and pray, you build up pressure. Yeah, you defeat a storm with pressure from within. 
And as the pressure goes up in the eye, guess what happens? The storm dissipates. See, we allow the storm to beat us, or not beat us, because it never will beat us, but we allow it to bring our pressure down further. Instead of going to church, we stay home. Instead of worshiping, we listen to rap. Instead of, yeah, instead of reading the Word, we read a magazine. And the pressure goes down, and the storm rages. And sometimes it can get totally out of control. But when you live in the secret place, you build up the pressure. And the storm starts to dissipate. And that's what God is looking for you to do in the midst of your storms. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, be anxious for nothing. Oh, wait, God's asking us to do something. He's asking us to do an anything or everything or a never. Or He literally says, be anxious for nothing? Wait a minute, for nothing, God? <laughs> yeah, for nothing, for nothing. I'm in the boat with you. Don't be anxious. We're going to the other side. Don't be anxious. The word anxious there is a Greek word, merimnao. It's made up of two Greek words, which means divided mind. When you're anxious or worried, mind is divided about whether you're out or safe. Let peace be the umpire that tells you you're safe. Your mind can be whole, because if your mind isn't whole, it's in pieces. How about a mind that shalom understands that God is with me. We're getting through this together. Nothing can be against me. God is on my side. That's a solid mind. That's not an anxious mind. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which what? Transcends, surpasses all logic. Listen, this peace doesn't make sense. Did you ever see a Christian going through heck and they're at peace? I live with that person. <laughs> Amen. Because I need to be around people like that. Which surpasses all... Listen, when you let that peace be in you, it will guard your heart and mind. It will guard you from the storm. It will guard you from the negativity. It will guard you from the lies of the enemy. That peace that's built up in your spirit. When you... Stake a claim in the secret place. The storm will dissipate in your life. Some people today need to, need to stake a claim. Some of you can't even stake a claim because you haven't put your faith in Jesus. You can't even get into a spiritual place. It's the Bible says you can't even enter the kingdom of God unless you're born from above. So I want to make sure everybody here is born from above right now. If you would bow your heads, close your eyes with me. As Pastor Courtney shared before... Jesus gave his body and his blood for our sin. We put our faith and trust in that sacrifice. Then we will live forever. And God doesn't see our sin anymore. He sees his son. He sees beauty. He sees perfection. How do we do that? By building up our faith, by putting our trust in Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Maybe you never did that before. Today's your day. If you die today, you're 100% sure you'll spend eternity in heaven. If not, say this prayer. Trust Jesus. Please say this to me. Say, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sin. I've made mistakes, God, but your son died for me. Took my punishment, nailed it to the cross. Then you raised him from the dead so I might have a new life. Jesus, 
Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Come into my heart today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.